The realness of boxing broken down to its core. The analysis. I fit like it is and I will continue to fit. History. I got milk, baby. The sweetest of the signs. Boy, come on, man. Stop playing. The art of the signs. With the realest Justin Adams. Let's get it on. Welcome to the Art of the Signs podcast. You're here with the realest Justin Adams. Webbing that water burger. You know what I'm saying? Best burger in the country. You know what I'm saying? Welcome to the video debut of AOTS. You know, just started as a, a radio show at ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. Started there uh, ooh, four years ago. And now it was all led to, even though we were living through some unprecedented times, but, you know, here to uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the audio podcast as well on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. I'm everywhere, man. I'm out here. But for today, you know, first and foremost, Top Rank was uh, was active. They will be active tonight as well. Uh, some matches that happened over uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, also, we have some heavyweight news coming from Fury Joshua. See where Wilder fits along in that picture. Also, Spencer uh, Garcia. How did that come about? And then we have some quick news. And then we, like I said, we have a card tonight. And then uh, I have uh, an interview with a producer by the name of Julie Goldman, a producer of the documentary Ringside about uh, Kenneth Sims and Destiny, but- uh, Destiny Butler out of uh, the south side of Chicago. Um, I'll have her interview towards the end. But uh, you already know I do it per use, audio-wise, but video-wise, too. Don't forget to hit those buttons. Let's get into it. What? No. What is, what is this? I'm the realist, Justin Adams, and welcome to AOTS, Art of the Science, the realest boxing podcast out here in these internet streets. Well, well, well. Realist boxing news, unbiased analysis, breakdowns, and previews. The most diabolical this side of the Mississippi. Don't forget to follow me at JA underscore the realist and Art of South Boxing. A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go Google that shit. See what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, man. So on Tuesday, Top Rank had a card on ESPN. Quick little something-something. You know, no fans. You know, at the empty MGM Grand, they called it the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Even though one fighter did have to be scrapped from the card because of tested positive for covid but uh, the main attraction here was Shakur Stevenson coming in, coming in, uh, looking real, real dominant in, in the main in the main event. Um, on the undercard, you know, the typical prospects winning out uh, Jared Anderson with a T, with a TKO in the third round. Uh, you had Guido Vianello, who trains with uh, Tyson Fury, had a knockout in the first round. Uh, Quintavious Cash and Kelvin Metcalf. Now Metcalf, to me gets the star get, gets the gets the uh star of the show besides those knockouts because of that haircut y'all should have seen this man haircut it it's like a, it's like a mullet a balding mullet like it, it's weird uh I w- i'm gonna put up a picture it's gonna be in the, it's, it's, i'm gonna put up a picture for you you're gonna see you're gonna be like oh no but and then uh the cuban uh the cuban olympian robisi ramirez comes back with a win he lost his pro debut uh, i think it was last year but uh, good to see him on the winning side of things. And Shakur Stevenson showing uh, why he's a highly titled prospect. Uh, knocking down his opponent multiple times. Vicious body shots. I'm talking about good body shots. All in his ribs. But, you know, it was a quick card. Uh, the only fight I think went six rounds was the technical decision with uh, with Quotavius Cash. Uh, that was a six-rounder. But uh, that one had to end early because of uh, the cut that was on Metcalf's uh, face, not head, but on his face. He had the, he had the eye injuries and all that. But um, it was cool to see boxing again, just period. I mean, even though we know this type of car was just to show off the prospects, show off the talent, um, still a decent card, something to, something, something to see, you know. Um, and Ty Brank is trying to hit it again tonight, which is something uh, I'll talk about a little later. But... I mean, Shakur Stevenson showing why he's a highly touted man. Um, featherweight is where he's at right now, WBO champion. Uh, he fought at 130, so 
you know, maybe he maybe he fights the winner of tonight's fight. Maybe uh, he moves up and tries to. I know the guy that he wants to fight is Josh Warrington, which would, which would be a hell of a fight to watch. And I think that's a fight that could potentially be in the near future for Shakur. I mean, he's able to show why, you know what I'm saying, power in, power in the hands, being able to change levels, uh, being able to set up those punches that he was able to knock out his opponent with uh, on Tuesday. These heavyweights, though. I think we need to have a house meeting, y'all. All right. AOTS, Art of the Science, the realest boxing podcast in these internet streets. Boxing? I want to see somebody knock that motherfucker's head off. The realest, Justin Adams, bringing you that real boxing news, analysis, breakdowns, previews. Hey, yo. Shut the f*** up. Come hold it down with the realest every Friday. Google and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. I mean, really, man, we could just f*** Fine. I, I guess I'll go. So some of the biggest news coming out this week was that uh, Fury and Joshua might have been agreed upon under uh, basic terms, but no contracts as of yet. So Fury put out a video, Tyson Fury put out a video uh, saying that it looks like it's been agreed upon for him and Joshua as a two fight, uh, have two fight contract or a two fight situation uh, starting in 2021. So how do we get there? So first, Fury still has a trilogy fight with Wilder, which apparently Wilder does not want to step aside for. He does want that that third fight. Um, It will have to happen later on in 2020, maybe without fans. (laughs) <laughs> maybe yeah maybe without fans most likely without fans but uh that that would have to happen on fury's side and then whatever uh where him it's a little easier because he just in terms of number of people how many mandatories he has to uphold he just has to uphold one and he's doing that with the wb uh wbc going against uh deontay wilder now hearn himself is also i'm i'm sorry yeah Hearn himself had talked about he wanted Dylan White to fight for the WBC title as well in 2020. And whether that either being uh, Fury or Wilder, I think that's what he, I think that's one of those backup plans that could happen. But Dylan White definitely deserves a shot at some type of title. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's been number one forever (laughs) for the WBC. But then you also have Joshua, who's W, uh, he's WBA IBF. And I, I still think they can say IBO. Well, the point is he has multiple belts. So he's multiple mandatories he has to deal with. Now, the main mandatory that he's getting ready for now is Kubra Pulev uh, from Bulgaria. And uh, that's for the IBF title. That's the IBF mandatory. And Joshua has to take care of that fight. And then from there, he has to look at his mandatory situation. You have Alexander Usyk, who has a WBO title. Uh, he probably is going to want to get in the mix somewhere, somehow, some way. You know what I'm saying? And if Fury takes care of Wilder, he has, I think he'll, it'll be easier for him to say, okay, I could take Joshua next, where Joshua has to be Pulev, and then either they go for those fights or they go straight for those fights or they figure out the mandatories for Joshua. Do I, do I think it's feasible to happen in 2021? Absolutely. I don't know about both fights. Maybe one fight. I don't know about both. But either way it goes, there's going to be some good heavyweight boxing coming out of here soon. You know what I'm saying? And with Fury and uh, and with Fury and Wilder coming up as being the next, either him or the Pulev-Joshua fight, these fights are uh, scheduled, I should say. Uh, they, they're, they're aligned up for these fights. In the, uh, I know for Pulev, it's going to be in the fall because they're supposed to fight in June. And then for Wilder and Fury, they're, gonna, they're supposedly lining up for the fall, for a fall date. So, the heavyweight boxing, man, still staying true to being the most entertaining. You know what I'm saying? Having the most characters. Um, I mean, heavyweight boxing is a whole nother echelon. And hopefully they can get uh, things going and we can get more boxing rolling, especially on the W, especially on the uh, champion side. And if Fury and Joshua do meet up, I fancy as right now, I will give Fury the, uh, the edge in that fight. Just He just moves well. He's awkward. Joshua comes to fight, but I don't. I mean, I think he's just gonna walk in the traps. That's how I feel about it.
everything is just in disarray <laughs> except for one thing Spence Errol Spence wants to come back he doesn't want a tune up fight and he he and uh, Danny Garcia looks like it's supposed that's according to the rumors that they're supposed to be next up in the fall and that's who those two are going to fight each other and Spence said wholeheartedly he doesn't want to tune up now Spence was involved in a very scary car crash last year um it, it was it was pretty pretty rough. I mean, the car topple. I mean, it's actually no, it was early this year, if I'm not mistaken. No, last year. I want to just know it was recent. <laughs> just know that. Well, point is, um, to go into the ring and or to be ruined to be going into the ring with Danny Garcia is huge. I mean, he's Danny Garcia is a is a is a decent fighter. He's he's talented. He 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 can hold his own. And especially against the Spencer's not been back in the ring. I mean, those those mental games or those ment- or the mental health of the situation really needs to be looked at. I mean, Spence going through that through that situation. I guess he's been able to spar. He's been able to work out. So maybe he's able he's been able to work up those fears or work up the courage and um, uh, intestinal fortitude to get over those things and get back in the ring. I mean, I'm all for it for the most part. I mean, I would hope uh, to see Spence back in the ring, to see him back what he does best, hopefully have a, a healthy mind state to do it and be able to, you know, continue boxing even after that match. I got, and the funny thing about it is that that fight's tight because without the crash, I would go with Spence. I would love to see how Spence looks and see what he looks like in, you know, in the ring. I would love to see like some footage of it. But uh, I had to go with Garcia just because he's healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like just because of how he's looked of recent of of recent times. I mean, Spence. I just I just want to see. I just want to see what he has, what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, that crash can affect a lot of people. And trust me, if you haven't seen it, you, you go research it. It's, it's there. It, it's there for the public to see. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Runesh. Harder designs with the realist. I'm the best heavyweight champion of the world. I'm half WPC with me. I want Runesh. You can follow Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. J-A underscore the realist. Art of Side Boxing. That's A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing. You're a regular from down the street. What are you doing? I want Runesh. I have to turn the light on on these boys. You know what I'm saying? Got a little cloudy real quick. I hear these. Chicago Street, but you know some some quick news to go through. Uh, Maurice Hooker, the former 140 pound title holder, um, he is pulled out of his match with uh, Regis Pograi. That was supposed to happen a couple months back, but obviously because of because of COVID, um, the match was postponed. Now it was at a catch weight of 143 pounds. However, um his trainer and his management were talking about the fact that it was hard for him to even try to get down to 143 because 140 was a struggle for him to make, which he has openly talked about. So to see that match be nicked, this is, I guess it was the right thing for, for hooker to do, you know, just so it won't prolong it. It just sucks because that would have been an exciting fight to watch, uh, progress, a great boxer. Um, competitive match to Josh Taylor. Um, I mean, it would have been, it would have been a real good fight and it sucks has to happen because hooker knows that he wants to move up to 147 and to see him at 147 will be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting for sure because it, he showed that he, he had strong, he was strong in 140, but he, for him, he said that uh, for him, it's just the weight. It's just that uh, he might be able to carry that up to 147. And it'll be interesting to see if he can, you know, put it up to 147. In other news, Alexander Volsdik, the former WBC light heavyweight champion, uh, has actually announced his retirement at the age of 33. 33 years old, bro. 17-1, 14 knockouts. Only loss came to Bird of Beef, which was a competitive fight till about the 10th. When Better Beef just showed supreme conditioning. That's just what it was, just the, the, the will to win. But apparently, this is a decision that uh, Volzdig wanted to make. He's going into business opportunities, is what was quoted. <laughs> like, I don't know what business opportunities, just business. But the common thread amongst all his people that were associated with him, Bob Arum, uh, his manager, they all said that he wanted to give 100% or he was have to go and take care of his business opportunities. So he can't give 100% to boxing, he might as well not be in it at all, which makes sense. 
But it was a good. But he was a great fighter, man. Beat uh, Stevenson for the. Excuse me. He beat him for the uh, WBC title in 2018, and then lost in to Berta Beef, who's a, who's moving up in the ranks. Who's moving up in the ranks? So, you know, happy trails to him. I wish I could tell you who Canelo's opponent was going to be. I don't know it. <laughs> I can't tell you. It was supposed to be Billy Joe Saunders. Oh, excuse me. It was supposed to be Billy Joe Saunders. And then it was supposed to be... Uh, now they're talking about it. It's supposed to be uh, Durrell, one of the Durrell brothers. Then it's supposed to be uh, Murata. Like, we... It's, it's a toss-up. And there's so many different opponents he can choose from just because he's a champion with three weight classes. Super middle, middle, and light heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has titles in all three of those, so... Pick it a litter for him. My prediction was wrong, and it was to actually go through with the Billy Joe Saunders, but it looks like he's not the opponent. So, I would love for him to fight Charlo. I just don't see him going back down to 160. That's just... That's... In my mind, I just feel like it's easier to stay pat or go up than to go back down... From 175 to 160, and then to come in, you know, over, you know, heavy, heavy on fight night. Like, come on, man, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think I think he'll stay in the 168, 175, and see what he can get from there. And hopefully, a a, a, a credible opponent is produced. I thought Billy Joe Saunders was decent. Some people didn't. I feel like that Billy Joe is one of the more talented super middleweights, and it will be an intriguing fight to see. But I like as of news right now. All they, all I know is they looking for an opponent for September, and he is open. Canelo's open to fight with no fans, knowing that no one's in the in the arena. I really, I really want to ask these fighters like, how does that feel? Like, what? I can There's no one to be like to egg you on. Like usually when you're fighting in the ring, you land a good shot. People's like, oh, ooh. you're not hearing any of that unless it's from a trainer or one of the media people. So there's some actual boxing to catch tonight, seven. Top rank card, ESPN, headlined by uh, Jesse uh, Magdaleno, uh, the former champion. See, see how he does with this uh, move up in class to 130. I mean, it's, like I said, it's one of the cards to showcase some talent, just to show what you know what they can put out there. Might not be the best of fights, but it's fights. So I'm gonna watch it. And before I Scoot on later tonight. Don't forget, um, catch me later on tonight on Students of the Game, Facebook Live, 7.30. We do that every Thursday. Like I said, y'all see me back here next Friday. You know, another video coming coming at y'all. You know what I'm saying? But i like to shout out to uh, Julie Goldman, uh, the producer of Ringside. A uh, very good documentary. I was able to show it to a uh, couple, couple of guys I work with at uh, All Students of the Game. And one of my other guys, and they were able to watch it. And I know one of my guys was, was very, you know, had very positive reviews on it. Uh, she's worked with uh, Steve James, the guy behind Hoop Dreams. Like, she has a, she's a very accomplished woman. I wanted to get her perspective on the Wingside documentary. So, hopefully you enjoyed the interview. Like I said, for me, I'll be back here next Friday. You know what I'm saying? I'm usually in the evenings, chilling. You know what I'm saying? Just something you can catch before you. Well, I will say go out and hit these streets, but you ain't hitting these streets. <laughs> hey, super COVID. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just stay true to your own. You know what I'm saying? Just um, keep your head on the swivel. Stay real. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Just be aware of what's going on around you. You know what I'm saying? And keep on keeping moving forward. Keep aggressing. See y'all next Friday. Brought my mom out to Pennsylvania because she's almost 90. She lives in Manhattan in a mm. very big building with a lot of old people. So it felt like ground zero, ground zero, ground zero. And exactly. Yeah. My brother just so happened to be out, stuck out west. So we've been in his house. So it's it's been very strange um, to not be in our usual environment. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, uh, I kind of think an incredible time. It's, it's, it, I'm kind of hopeful, you know, which is yeah. really scary to be hopeful. So, you know, how are you feeling during these times? Oh, it's, it's, 
it's it's it, I don't know. It's it's just a lot of time, a lot of different emotions. You know, a lot of a lot of emotions. It's it's like for me, it's the same broken record. It's the same you know cycle. And in order to break it, we have to put our energy towards it. And whether it's being, um, you know, whether it be a talk about it on podcasts or being able to have those conversations with the police and the community, things of that nature. Because I'm actually, I'm, out, I'm, I'm based here in Southside Chicago. I'm literally about two blocks north of where y'all film most of the ringside. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it, but it's good to see a lot of the younger uh uh, you know, at least younger than me, uh, out here, you know, with their voices, letting them be heard. But I'm right behind them 100. Yeah. percent I just wish, I just wish we weren't uh, destroying our own communities, though. That's the only thing I'm hating. I just feel like there's there's hope, especially because like students are so much of, and high school students and young right. kids are like so much a part that you know they every time there's there's any kind of uprising, they are pushing it forward in a way that's that's just inspiring. So exactly, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I hate to say it. it scares me to say hopeful during the Trump administration, but yeah. <laughs> understand together naturally. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But optimism—that's that's that's the way that we have to be optimistic about these times and be positive. Use our energy productively, and, and hopefully, you know, we see progress in the near future. Agreed. I, oh man. So here, well, first, first things first. Um, Tell me more about the the journey to model pictures you founded in in '09. Now you guys have been able to produce real great work. I mean, real great work. Um, I've seen a few of your work. I was actually, I, I just watched. I think it's called uh, Abacus, right? Yeah, Abacus. It's Steve yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, see, that's, that's that's what I was saying. Like me looking into it, and because uh, first, you know, obviously, you got to do your research as a great interviewer. You have to do your research. So. Uh, first, after I saw Rings, I was like, man, let me see what else she's been a part of. So I started yeah. looking through, and I'm like, wait, I, okay, I'm going to watch this, I'm going to watch this, but you have a slew. Like, it's just a... We have a, we have a few, yeah, we've been <laughs> really lucky to do that. But Abacus is actually with Steve James, who's the director of Hoop Dreams. Hoop Dreams, right. And, um, Mark Mitten, who produced it and came up with the idea, who also lives in Chicago. So, but they, since they were shooting in New York, we were the, we kind of came together, we've known each other forever, and... Oh. Um, so awesome. happy to work with them, and it was it was great. I mean, the family is amazing. That's the Sung family is just so amazing. Who we filmed and and working with Steve and Mark, and then the film just really did well. It it um, got nominated for an Oscar, which was really I saw that because Steve, you know, did Some the Interrupters, and Steve did Hoop Juice. He did all these films, and it's like he he was so long overdue. So that made me super. Oh happy. yeah, yeah. I could definitely understand that. I could definitely understand that. Oh, wait, I have a connection more. The, the footage from the Olympic bid, the Chicago Olympic bid. Yes. Um, that's in the film, Destiny's Really Young. Yeah. Steve James directed that and Mark Minton produced it. So it's really like, <laughs> They're there anyway. <laughs> the footage, exactly. And, that, so, and then he became an executive producer of this film. So it's like the small wow. world and full circle of it all. And, and and it's good to see that you get you get to see the the cultivation of those connections you built from when you were you know before model was even a thing it was just you just yeah. trying to have your career going. How did you get into documentaries? Were documentaries always your thing, or or was it something else? Originally, I thought I would do um, fiction, and then I got a job for a company where I was um, I was selling documentaries, this really good documentaries from this company to um, like high schools and colleges and libraries. And I just started to watch a lot of documentaries as I was in that process and I fell in love with it. And that was, awesome. so I, I've kind of gone a little bit like, oh, which way should, and then, but every time it's back to documentaries. I love the real stories. Exactly. It's always good to learn some, at least watch something where you're learning, you know, you're learning something new. And looking at what you've done or what you've been a part of, it's, it's such a wide, uh, it's just a wide spectrum of things. The total, you know, different types of environments, different scenarios, and yeah. to be a part of all that. How how does Ringside the documentary compare to all those? Sure. I mean, it's interesting because you know what's great is working on all different kinds of subjects and all different. I mean, we work with people around the world. We film mm -hmm. around the world. We you know go into deep dive stories and then some things that we get done fairly quickly, but. Um, you know, it's great because it stays really fresh because you're always learning about something and like, you know, experiencing a new world. And right. um, actually worked on a film called Orthodox Stance years ago about um, a boxer named Dimitri Salida. 
who's now yes. a promoter and stuff. Yes. Like, <laughs> His son is. And he fights. He was there. And I was like, I, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And um, so I knew, you know, a little bit, but that was a, a kind of a shallow dive, I would say. And then what happened is uh, the producer who was on this film, like, so background to this is that nine, in 2009, Andre Horman, the director, and Tom Bergman, the cinematographer, came to Chicago. They're from Germany. They had read this book and they were really interested in the idea of, of boxing in Chicago in that community. And they kind of, you know, made their way around and then mm -hmm. found Kenny and found Destiny and just, you know, completely connected. And they were like, oh, these guys are amazing. And so they kept coming back and coming back and coming back. But they had kind of, and they had a producer, they did a short which mm -hmm. did very well. And then they had a producer in Germany, Ingmar Trost. And Ingmar and I have mutual friends. So when he came to New York, he came and just said, well, we have a few projects and this is one of them. And he showed us the short and we were like, we're in. <laughs> we're, in we're hooked. This, like, we could just tell there's like so much heart in the story. And these guys are so, you know, they're just like giving it over on camera in a way that's like, they forget about the camera. They're, mm -hmm completely themselves and we were we were like fascinated and also you know I didn't know that much about boxing and so it was an interesting way in because I've gone to a lot like from like one boxing match with the other film to like a lot with this film exactly <laughs> and you and that actually takes me to my next question because I was going to ask like how did Kenny and Destiny be the how were they the, you know the 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 center the, you know what I'm saying the characters that y'all wanted to go with you know in a lot of boxing like for you that's a lot of boxing yeah and and really what it is is like what fascinated andre and what we also really responded to is the idea of these two young men and their fathers because mm. they have these incredibly close and complicated relationships with their dads but their dads are with them training them behind them supporting them and that dynamic was so interesting you know because it's such a male world overall exactly a lot of female boxers now and people making great documentaries about female boxers but right um you know in this case in you know in this world it really was and and it's like these guys are these you know very serious very um dedicated mentors um not only to their own kids but the idea of like kind of passing it on from as you see as a film as kenny grows up he also becomes a mentor in the neighborhood so there was something that felt really um like a much more deeper connection because it's, it's it's the the family and the the bond that, mm -hmm. that both happen to have and both are seniors and juniors so exactly yeah so now with this now this is a project uh, apparently dead or this is where you i think the span of nine years is this one of the longer projects the longest oh that's longest for you <laughs> us, no no for us it was like six and a half those guys started before before we got involved they brought it they were uh, like we want an american producer because we're going to be really shooting here so they brought it to us and uh, Chris, my partner, Chris and Carolyn, Chris Clemens and Carolyn Heffern. Yeah. Met, the three of us were met and we um, saw the footage and we were like, okay, now let's, let's, get on, let's get on board. And that was going on seven years ago. So yes, that is a long time for us. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I would say the longest actually that we've done. Um, but you know, there's some that, that are trying to catch up. So we'll see. Yeah, because I was saying, like, man, for one, that's just a lot of footage, just just off top. <laughs> just a lot. But uh, was, was, that, was that the most time you had spent in Chicago? Or was there other times that you've been to Chicago? Or was this like a... I had never been to Chicago before this film. Can you believe it? I grew up in New York. I mean, New York You're right. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> never been there. It's kind of crazy. Like... <laughs> Like, you know, some people never been to New York and some people never been to where? I mean, I've never been to New York. I'm right there with you. Right. Okay, so, they, <laughs> so I don't feel so guilty. But I really yeah. love with Chicago. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's a place I could see living, actually. It's really has. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what was, what was one of the... The Chicago Film Festival last year? Exactly. It was like hard to leave. And it was it happened to be, we've had some really good weather situations in Chicago, I will yeah. say. <laughs> awesome. Usually, yeah. Oh no! I mean, right now the weather's decent. I mean, you know, you got you don't have a mask on and all this good stuff. But uh, it's beautiful. Well, it's beautiful now. It's just about to start raining soon. But um, 
yeah, being in Chicago, I've moved, I moved out here in 2014. I moved out here in 2014. So uh, I'm from Houston. I'm originally from Houston. Moved oh, out yeah. here to Chicago. And, um, oh, yeah, you, you say you've never been? No, I've been to Houston. I've been to, oh. I've been to Austin, you know, the, with South by Southwest. South by Southwest. And so we always try to, like, I'd fly somewhere else. Marissa <laughs> Erickson, who worked on the film, is from Texas, so. Awesome. That's what's up. Now, there is, I know there were certain events, like for me, the way I'm thinking about it is, okay, we're following these two men, or the two men with their sons, and you have to take the good with the bad. Obviously, you're here to tell a story, but there, I'm pretty sure there are parts that hit home for everyone. How did you yourself handle those, handle those events, or when do you handle them in most, you know, in most documentary films? Yeah, I mean, it was, there were so many highs and lows, you know, that's really... Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to go on that kind of a years and years long journey with people, you're going to experience what they, you know, the, the moments that are the lowest and the moments that are incredibly triumphant. So, you know, I'm, we were with Kenny when he had his professional debut. We were, you know, which was this, I think, incredible experience. And then, you know, there, then he lost his best friend. Right. Violence. And, you know, so it's, you have these incredible extremes of experience there's also a lot of time where they're just training and you know not eating and then eating a lot and then you know like it, it's like you know their their kind of routine of life but um right. yeah and and certainly with destiny you know obviously when destiny um was first you know going to prison and we were you know in touch a lot with his lawyer and you know hoping that there would be alternatives and there was boot camp and then there was not boot camp and then you know yeah. we, we just it kept like rolling and um but you know we we knew he was going to get out and he was so determined although i will say he kind of like stunned us because to get out and do what he did in such a short amount of time i mean you see when when he i don't give too much away but when he yeah. gets out of what's going on um which you don't think he's gonna be able to pull it together and go pro or you know and then kind of the next moment at the golden gloves which was not that many months later right you know, he was really determined and just to see that is i mean these guys are so great and so inspiring and, and also like you know how his father and his family you know when he was away how they were like working so hard to try to figure out how do we help getting him out? How do we, you know, like spending every last penny on the on lawyers and, you know, trying to really, you know, be there completely for him. Like, like we would all want our families to be, you know, so right. that also was really moving to me. Like to, like, I was like, wow, I would love to, to know that I had that kind of backup too. I understand. So I, you know, so I was able to watch it. Um, and just, so just, just to, just a little piece. Just I just have a question. A little piece. Yeah. Ten. They 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 didn't let him finish the ten days. <laughs> like that was what? crazy. What? They didn't let him finish the days. Like didn't they uh, with Destiny in the in the boot camp? Yeah. No. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, it was like so. We thought it was like he was getting out, and then then we right. got we got a, a, a letter saying it's not graduation's not going to happen. Then he's not going to graduate. That it was like this. Kind of progression then suddenly it was like you know because we were always like looking stuff up on the the you know the website oh, yeah. and it's like no this is he's going back to he went to i think shawnee from there so yeah so it was it was really terrible i mean that was awful that was the lowest like one of the the lowest low during his story that was exactly and for me, and like me watching that, I was like, oh, what? Like, he's done, he's doing everything. Because, you know, obviously you set it up, you show like what he's doing, what he is having to go through to yeah. make this happen, you know? And he had already stated, like, this is what they've set up against me. This is what I have to do, right? Yeah. So I was I was rooting for him. Y'all y'all had a rooting in me. <laughs> I wanted him to get it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, he was, and he was a decent-sized kid at that age. Like, like Kenny is a little, you know, shorter, smaller guy, but the destiny was uh, kind of a monster coming up. Yeah, no, 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 I know. And it's like, you know, the, I mean, I think you can see what the, the treatment is like, and certainly, you know, kind of the, uh, I don't know what you'd say, but at, at, you know, at the boot camp, the, oh, yeah, touristic and, you know, oppressive atmosphere there is. Oh yeah, definitely. But definitely do do as do as I say and I say only, you know, and it just yeah. 
Oh yeah, it was crazy. Cause I'm like, man, he he's actually doing his best to make it through, you know. Yeah. But that so comparing so comparing those timelines, this is nine years. Obviously, you have other projects going on. You have other things going. And I was reading some about you, and you were saying that you always like to have multiple projects going on. Yeah. You know, how is that going for you now? Oh, that's a good question. I just want to say one thing, which is that also like with The Sims, watching The Sims family, like, oh, yeah. he was, I, I just want, I just was thinking about this, like his, uh, um, Ed Burns, his uncle also was like incredible and like was always, you know, here's the next fight, like, cause you don't know what's going to happen and we have to make all these arrangements and sometimes get the guys in from Germany if they're not here and, oh, wow. And then Andre moved to, to the US for years and anyway, so, but like, just we would go to all these Kenny's fights and then when he signed with Gary Shaw we were there for that and then all of that craziness and so and and with his dad and his dad was just like you know he was he was just hard as nails sometimes you know like and then when you could get him to laugh or smile or like you know like kind of loosen up in an interview it was like he's dream. not doing it yeah he's, no, he's not doing it and he was really tired you know um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, right now it's like about getting this film out into the world. We have other, another couple other films that we're trying to, you know, get get launched. Oh, yeah. um, and then uh, it's we're you know we've been able to do. We have a film that we're doing that's um on art. It's archive mostly. Okay. Musical artist and. And that we've been able to do because you can still edit and you can still. There's a little, we figured out a lot of what we could do remotely. And ah, okay. Just like the end of this month is going to be the first time we're going to try to do a shoot and we'll see how that goes. Mm. For us, a shoot is not like a, you know, any kind of a, a fiction film because it can be, you know, a, a cinematographer, a sound person, and the director, period. That's or, it, yeah. You know, it okay. could also just be a cinematographer doing sound with a Zoom set up for the director to talk like this, you know, like so to do an interview. So, we're trying to be kind of agile and how we deal with this. And we're looking at guidelines from everybody to see about, you know, safety, but it's, 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 um, it's scary, you know, it's scary to, to put people, you know, out there. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because I, the word that comes to my mind is fluid, right? Because you, with this going, you have to be able to, okay, what can I do with what's around me, you know? Yeah. And I'm right there and I can understand that because now you have, you know, you still want these projects as well. You still want, you know, you still have motor pictures to still, <laughs> you still have a business. At the well, end of the we have day. people, you know, we have projects with people and we have, uh, you know, our team and mm. we're, there are biggest, as soon, when this hit, we were like, we have to keep people employed. We have to figure out a way that we have, so we have a project with HBO, we have a project with Netflix, you know, we have enough that we know that we're going to, have money coming in to pay people for these next few months because mm -hmm. we you know that was we felt very responsible from that day and and, and it was uh, a lot of a lot of maneuvering to try to hold on we're still doing that i'm the student heavyweight champion of the world runesh harder designs with the realist i'm the best heavyweight champion of the world i'm have wpc with me i want runesh you can follow facebook twitter and instagram ja underscore the realist art of side boxing that's A-R-T O-F-S-C-I boxing. You're a regular from down the street. What are you doing? I want Moon next. Oh, yeah, I understand. So I'm gonna go back to the into Green Shop for just a second. So I saw that um, now first now when I saw it, I saw it because it would be released, you know, on Showtime. Um my I saw that it won at the Chicago Film Festival that you were just talking about before. But yeah. was what was shown in Berlin? Was what was shown in Berlin was just a short or was the whole no, no, no. it was this film. It was the world premiere was in the Berlin Film Festival, which is an incredible film festival. Really? Um, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it was like twelve hundred seats, this giant theater. It was incredible and full. And people gave a longest standing ovation and the guys were up and doing the QA. It was just it was like a dream. It really was. It was awesome. amazing. And um, yeah, that was the first audience that we ever showed. And the guys came, which was like pretty Oh. Incredible. Yeah. Wow, that's what's up. Kenny, Kenny Jr. and Destiny Jr., not the... Not the, the other fathers they want to make. <laughs> they came to... Well, we had it in Chicago, at the Chicago Film Festival. Oh, they had um, to be there for that one. October, and everybody came. All of their... Like friends, all of their relatives, <laughs> everybody came, and it was that was really fun. 
the big old that was the big old party for them that was a coming out party <laughs> yeah, it was it was great so that was those were two really special screens and then it andre went to uh tehran and it won like the best documentary award in tehran in, oh in, wow in tehran. like they loved it i was like we're huge in iran <laughs> yes it's like yes where else can i go where else can i go no but that's awesome that's great to hear now now okay so now you have all this boxing in front of you all this boxing you've seen oh, yeah. do you have do you do you ever catch it on tv is there something you deal with or that was just like okay that's enough boxing for me it was during wing side i liked going to it live in person i find that like really it's very <laughs> exhilarating like uh, um and I, yeah the atmosphere is buzzing yeah, it is. And I definitely have watched it more also because I know a few more boxers from it. Like I know who that, oh yeah, you know, I remember they were in like the first card or whatever, you know, like for one of these. Oh, so I'll be familiar. And if I see their name, I'll go, oh, I'll check that out. I would, you know, um, and now Showbox. So like, you know, well, I, I have Showtime, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, we had to work with everybody because we were, they were like, sometimes it was ESPN and sometimes it was, HBO and sometimes it was Showtime so we got to know all the sports people from the channels trying to like finagle our way into the to the matches to shoot right right that's awesome now going now going into that you picked so how did you so when you got the short you saw the short you was like you know what this is what I want this is have you have you yourself thought of like something you yourself wants to do like if there's a goal on your list or there's a particular film that you will want to do that's coming on now or in the near future yeah i mean it's interesting I, what i like to do is 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 really like find a way to mix it up so you know we're doing something now on the virus oh here we go <laughs> here we we're go. doing something on opioids but a very crazy story about kind of where it all started um we're doing something on um an amazing disco singer i can't mention i'm not allowed to but understand really um but somebody who's like a diva of the divas and um you know it's I, I think the fact that like i'm to do things that are you know so yeah i mean like so all over the map is what i really love to do but um yeah, it's interesting. I have, there's not, I used to think like, oh, there's that film that I'll always, you know, I haven't gotten to do it, but right. I'm really lucky. And I've been able to do, you know, these films that, um, that just stay really special. Like the, it's also the people when you're making right. films with the people that you're, that you're making them about. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's um, the Sims and the Butlers that those families, you know, are incredibly generous and special to me that the songs from abacus the um uh the suskines from life animated mm. um you know there's like all of these people that kind of stay you know lucy mcbath um from mm. half minutes so oh <laughs> yeah so there's you know there's people that like you know you just feel so lucky to have encounter them in that way and have them like trust you and and let you right. like you in and let you and and know that you're not gonna that you're gonna do do right by them and that to me is more than like a specific story it's like that ability to to be able to do that i mean we did film at the final year of the obama administration called i saw obama. that the yeah. last year i saw that and yeah. i was like so Jeez. <laughs> and i was, and i look at all the years of the when these items like Julie, you, you are consistent. You are consistent. Yeah, consistent. Consistent good projects. Now, I know that I saw the uh, that some like you wanted to start this to help, you know, filmmakers. And one of your things was like you didn't really want to mess with first timers, but you ended up, you know, getting with those guys, <laughs> getting with those people. But what is what what has been the mission for Motto? What what is what, what was your purpose of having that company built, and how uh, how do you see it helping people now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really to um, get these stories out as far and wide as possible. Like you know, there's there's something in the different films. Not every film is going to be for everybody, but there's something that's going to like touch someone, move somebody, make somebody want to like activate somebody. You know, there's there's 
all of these different um, possibilities with what we do. And as we build this, you know, collection of films, I, I want something that, that, you know, that there's like a, a, a and you're so incredibly lucky and so incredibly proud of being able to, you know, make these stories available. Um, you know, one after the other, like, I feel, you know, each one has a very special place. Some like, you know, Oh yeah. This one is like the longest and the kind of like it's, it's not going to be able to to let go of this film ever. <laughs> now, um, now I I I beg to ask, but uh, do you still keep in touch with uh, Destiny and, and The Sims? You still? Yeah. Now, oh yeah, she's like, don't play me. You know I see these. Yeah, no, no, no. I, just, I text the guys and like, you know, um, I text with Norm with um with. Kenny's mom, and mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'll call the dads or Ed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I saw that uh, I saw that Destiny had signed with uh, Adrian Broner's um, uh, management team, and I was like, "Wow!" I, because every you know, Adrian's going through his things, uh, his transgressions and whatnot. With uh, I think he wanted to retire, go back to rapping, retire, do something else. But he has a decent stable of boxers. And to see Destiny come up on that, how does this, how does it feel to actually see more progression, especially from Destiny? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like I've been there for the whole progression with Kenny. And right. Destiny, it's kind of happening, like he had this moment, but now it's all happening kind of like afterward. And so it's, it's, right. and I'm always like, when is when's the next fight i'm gonna be you know lighting candles and you i'm know. right there <laughs> yeah i mean if he could travel we would go i know you know he's he's i think it's you know the 10th fight and then there's more television opportunities so the 10th win sorry and so yeah i mean we're literally in their corners so good that's what's up not that's anymore literally but yeah just yeah. oh yeah no no you're there <laughs> if they there's julie goldman over there right next to Destiny. you know i you're there and that's good. No, that's good to hear because that, that that time was able to, you know, you were able to build those connections. And those are strong connections that you will always have, you know. Yes. I mean, like it or not, on their side, we're, I'm always going to be staying in touch. They're going to be like, oh, here she comes again. Yeah. What, what are the projects that she have up her sleeve? <laughs> there was more footage, you know. Well, I think no. they were also like, this will never happen. Like, but it took so long, I think they were like, yeah, 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 sure, you're going to just went, Like, why are you really here? <laughs> why do you want these cameras, you know? But uh, do you do you follow any other sports? Is, is sports your thing at all? or? Um, you know, I grew up with, uh, my dad was a minor league ball, baseball player. And so my dad, the father and two much older brothers, and they were all very focused on sports and playing sports. But also, there was always sports. Everything except for football, I would say. Um, oh, really? That was, yeah, every single thing that you can imagine. Hockey even, you know, like, for some reason, football never happened. But basically, baseball and basketball were very, very big in, in, when I grew up. So I, I know it really well. I don't then tend to, like, I'll, I'm more of, like, I'll watch the playoffs kind of person. There you go. That's, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the best time to watch. Best time. So... As a filmmaker, what is your, I, I know this is kind of putting you on your spot, but what is your, what is your favorite film? Like, what is your favorite film of all time? What can Julie say, this yeah. is, this is what, this is my favorite. Like, this is what, you know, sentimentally, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and this doesn't sound really crazy. There's this film called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly that I love. It's, hmm. um, it's a beautiful okay. film. Uh, um, just, it was like kind of, they're like those like, Perfect films. That was a perfect film. I love the documentary Man on Wire. Really? Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think because there's also, I, I mean, I love Parasite, but that, I don't know if that's going to hold more than, you know, it's here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, there's like the, the films that, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean it's it's hard. I I really I've seen a lot of movies. I watched like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's like oh, your mind is full of just all these different things. I mean different. I mean all types. What so what? What more makes you what, me? Yeah. Uh my my favorite movie uh is called Paid in Full. It's called which? Paid in Full. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Paid in Full and uh, Harlem Nights. Those are my top two. 
Okay. I like that. I like yeah, that. I love them. I love those movies. So, so seeing all these movies, this is all you've known. This is this Julie Goldman's life is movies. What what else what else keeps you what else keep what else do you enjoy? What else do you do? Oh, yeah, I have a very yeah very exactly. You know, it's like yeah. I mean, you know, we have like a pretty good you know group of people, and we. I mean, the main thing is like as much as we do these serious films, we have a lot of laughs. I mean, it's okay. It's kind of like not worth it if you're not having a good time. So right. I normally I travel a lot because I go to festivals and pitching and this and production all around the world. So I love I do love to travel. That's been great. Um, I don't know if that's happening again anytime soon. So that's right. um, you know, and I I kind of love the culture living in the city of being able to go and <laughs> also doesn't exist anymore for now, you know, but like being able to go, like we, we live in, in Brooklyn and there's um, this concert series in the summer that we'll go to like um, every weekend and go see live music and live performance. And um, I love to do that. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's uh, um, all those things are stripped away this year. Um, right. I also like to go, there's a place in Massachusetts that I like to go and I like to be on the beach and I like to swim. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so those are, those are like some things that, that. Kind and it's of, like, those things are so far away right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have great family that I'd love to hang out with and, and really lucky to have some like lifelong friends too. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So before I let you go and go enjoy life. Um, 2020. Oh, left there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, my biggest thing is just okay. Uh, 2020, you know, we want to erase kind of erase 2020, you know, like 2020 is that year, <laughs> but um, it's only things that come out of it, right? Exactly. So, that that would be my question. Uh, we're halfway through. What would you like to have accomplished for uh, 2020? I would like to be play any small part into in getting Donald Trump out of office. That was <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I feel like that's really important. Um, and and actually, I mean, it's it's getting this film to a really wide audience is is incredibly important to me. Like getting it out there, having people see it, having people meet the Sims and the Butlers, and um, you know the the team. And and I mean, we have editor on. You never have an editor on for this long in the U.S editors are like super crazy expensive and they never do anything for free and this editor like everybody worked for free on this film for all these years I and mean, that's the other thing it's, it was a real labor of love like no right. one was getting paid for like and this is nine years and or is for us it was like six and a half um so you know vincent the editor um incredible so yeah i mean it's really you know these guys who it's really andre vincent tom who devoted all this time and the Sims and the Butlers for giving us this time and the, you know, the, the whole team has been, it's, it's become a family, which is pretty great. Um, so getting that film out there and then the other films that we have that are, you know, coming out, we have a film about Roy Cohn, who is Trump's mentor. Um, oh, wow. HBO a week from like on the 19th that's coming on. I see you have the Apollo running right now, right? On HBO. Yeah, Apollo's on, Apollo's on HBO, which is great. Apollo, Final year and um, three and a half minutes, ten bullets are all on HBO um, on demand. And the three and a half minutes, ten bullets—that sounds familiar. Wait, oh, that's about uh, oh, was that a Jack at gas station, correct? Yeah, Jordan Davis and and, and oh, yeah, right, right, right. That's who's like his mom is uh, is uh, Lucy McBath now. So Lucy she, McBath, right, right. That's what I was like. I knew you. We just talked about it earlier. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so those are all, like, you can watch those. We have Murder in the Bayou, which is an incredible series that we did that's on um, Showtime, that's on, on demand. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have that's that's out there. And I just saw that um, Life Animated is on Hulu. I, it just popped up. I was like, oh, it's on Hulu now. That's cool. Are those, yeah, I was going to say, are, those, are these things usually told to you or you're like, oh, here it is? <laughs> it's been licensed for so long with whoever it is, like Amazon or whatever. And oh, so, yeah. So... I don't even, I don't get that turnover so easily. You know, it takes a while to figure out that, oh yeah, that's, it, it's, it's. Here it is. <laughs> but yeah, I, don't know. I mean, this year accomplishments would be just like having these films seen. We had a film called The Mole Agent and Thousand Cuts that were at Sundance and we want to 
those are going to come out this year. So it's like, you know, Socks on Fire, we have a film that won the grand jury prize at Tribeca and nobody's seen it yet because it hasn't been seen, just the jury. So it's, it's been a wow. crazy, 2020 is really crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have like, we have um, a, accomplishments would be getting those out. Um, it would be getting back to our office, keeping everybody employed, yes. moving forward, getting past this, you know, getting treatment or vaccination or whatever it's going to take so that we don't have to keep going this way. Yeah, because I'm, re I'm ready to separate my house from my work. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. That's why we have a home, right? That's why we have a home. No, and I know, and I'm not even, like, you know, I'm used to being in, you know, in Brooklyn and having, we have our office there. It's just sitting there empty. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. So here, well, Julie, I appreciate your time. I'm going to, I'm, I appreciate it. I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it again and again. Oh, A lot of my, so, so for ringside, so, um, Two of my my produ I have a producer and uh, a co-host of another show that we do, and we 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 watched, and the two guys, uh, one of them, uh, he was like, "Man, this is amazing. This has me, you know, because some of those guys that are in in those shots, we kind of know, like Sean Simpson, Salamed, um, like seeing those guys, Montel Griffith, like seeing all those guys, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. you know, yeah. it passed verification for it being a real serial." <laughs> It's one of those things. It's one of those things. <laughs> we passed the test. I love it. Did oh, they yeah. like it? Did they, did they like it too? No, they really did. Because, uh, the, like, I think for a lot of us, we focus, and I think, this, I think this is just us as being Black men, we focus on the fathers more than we did on the sons. Yeah. And, and, and just, just because, for one, the sons are learning, right? Like, as a kid, you are learning. And the way that you, you guys have the time range on it, I mean, you're going right with peak learning ages, you know? Yeah, right. So, so now you have one son who's following hard as nails by the book, who's actually being able to see this, where another kid is actually going through a whole nother dynamic path. Yeah. And for us, like Destiny Butler seeing to me was my favorite because I got to see him raw. You know, I got to see him go from, man, my son's one of the best people to, to, you know, like, hey, man, you, you know, you're doing the most right now, you know, you the yeah. pair for us. <laughs> I love how y'all let that whole rant go. That was awesome. <laughs> Whoever I knew that was, they need a raise or a pat on the back, some dum-dums on the desk, whatever. But <laughs> that scene was my favorite because he is going off and then it's like, I'm the perfect role model. And it was like, it's so great. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, so I can't hate him for it. I mean, he's been through one thing else. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite that was my favorite scene and just to let him go off like that that was i'm telling you like these i like i said julie your, your projects the projects that i've seen are great i have not i have nothing but great things to say about them, you know thank you now, so much. yeah i love that scene that scene always just like it's so great it always like like the audience when you see it with like a live audience and everything also it's like people like pause for a second and then they just burst out laughing it's great right because it's like you you can definitely relate to it. It's like he's giving it like he's genuinely upset. You get to see the the spectrum of a of a emotion emotions of a human being, you know, yeah. from him super upset. I mean, because he was living, and then it turned into this whole thing, and then he ends up like I'm the perfect role model. It's like this is great, <laughs> you know. And no, this this is this was great work. I mean, um, the cinematographer, uh, I think he did well. The editors. Yeah, editors did well. I think the, the scenes were shot well, especially for it to be nine years worth of footage. I mean, the story all was continuous. Formats and all kinds of yeah. I mean, it's, it's right. It's pretty crazy. That's what I'm saying because that's nine years. A lot of things have changed, you know. Yes, exactly. And like the sticking with it, and also yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like Destiny, he's such you know he's a great father. I mean, he's just like he you know just that that scene like he's. He's so mad, you know, and he's, he's so mad. And, and yeah, I mean, but in the end, yeah, you know, and he's right. Like, maybe not in those ways, but like in so many ways, like that's, you know, the fact that, you know, I, you know, I would want a father to stick there and stay, stay with me and, and right. pissed at me, but like, you know, hold on. And, and he cares. He hold on, you know, exactly. Because you see that, and you, like, I, and you get to see it be, 
in display. You get to see Destiny go through the, oh, man, this is my son. I'm chastised, chastised. And then now to see, you know, in the movie where he, you know, gets out and actually gets back into the ring, it's like. Yeah. And, and I'm talking, you could tell he was the happiest fan, too, because he was all around that arena. <laughs> he was just, he couldn't sit still. It was great. He just couldn't. He couldn't stay in his seat. It was funny. I, I felt like uh, Tom and the camera crew was like, "Hey, just just keep the cameras on on scene. Just keep the cameras on scene. Don't even worry about the match. You can you can hear the crowd on the match. Just watch scene." Yeah, exactly. They're I don't know. These guys are amazing. They're just like always in the right place. Like how they figure that out when there's so much going on with the cameras. Yeah. Man, awesome. So Showtime is going to debut it uh, June twelfth. Yes. And Friday at um, seven thirty central. 8:30 yes. Central. And then, and then it precedes a showbox card as well. So, how are they doing that now with this? You know, what I'm saying with everything going on, are you still going to be able to? They're just go starting, or? I think, and it's I don't. It's not going to be with an uh, an audience, as far as I know. I think it's just it's just you know, and they're doing testing and. Oh, and just for the media guys. And, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I that means you turn. That means you tuning in then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be turning into that. Like, I'm really curious what that's going to be like. I'm, I'm very curious. Like sports, like there's the crowd drives, the, you know, sports. Those events, right? And in all sports, I would, you know, so it's oh, yeah. very interesting to see what sports are like without a crowd. You know, how, right? How are the athletes going to find that <laughs> that extra boost or that extra energy that they get from it? It's yeah, be, yeah. Take it for granted. You take it for granted because you always play around fans, and now you you just you're gonna hear you're gonna be able to hear what's going on on the court. You're gonna hear the ball dribble. You're gonna you're gonna hear certain <laughs> loud and clear. Loud and clear. <laughs> Technical fouls everywhere. Like it's it's gonna be crazy. You know you got the NBA coming back soon. You have NFL coming back soon. The WNBA too. Yeah, coming back soon. Like. These sports are gonna, you know, now we're gonna we're gonna use all these different apps. Yeah. Like I said, nine years <laughs> changes, you know. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully oh. all the sports are gonna be. I mean, who knows what they, you know, all these, you know. All the sports. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But I will say this though. Now, like you said, you saw that uh, Life Anime was on Hulu. How do you deal now with all these different? I mean, at the end of the day, they're under, they're all under the same umbrella for the most part. But how do you deal with all these different media, uh, well, just mediums, I would say? Yeah, I mean, we try to, you know, it depends on the film, but we try to have like film festivals for audiences and then some kind of a theatrical exhibition in you know, theaters. And, um, you know, that's always, that's usually the hope unless, you, you know, sometimes you have a film that you feel like goes straight or you do a series and that's going to go straight to to either a streamer or a broadcaster. I mean, I think now because the broadcasters also have the online, you know, the on-demand platforms, it's all, you right. know, available in so many different ways. And, you know, we still work, we work with everybody. That's the thing. Like that's how we deal with it is we're like friends. With you know, we'll work with PBS, you know, we have independent lens, POV mm. and online and, and we Showtime and HBO and Netflix and Hulu and, um amazon you just said something on amazon so like you know it's a anybody that you could think of cnn films we work with you right. know where where that's how that's how we kind of figure it out because you can't do that many with one so if you can spread it out it works out well it works out well exactly but who would ever thought that amazon would have studios <laughs> when you're first, like ordering your you know like Lamps, whatever, mics, lamp, yeah, exactly. And right next to it is it's a whole show being shot. You know what I'm saying? Bosch is being shot. You know, so you know, it's it change, yeah. change, change is the only yeah. constant. Yeah, right. Change is the only constant in the world. So, yeah. other than that, Julie, I appreciate your time. It's such a pleasure to speak to you and meet you, and yeah, let's stay in touch. Please, definitely. So what will happen is, so what will happen is, um, once we're finished here, I'm gonna edit it down. It will be out tomorrow. I'll share it. I are you a social media person at all? No, but Motto is. Motto, Motto has social. Media. That's how we're gonna do it. That's how we do it. Marissa, you know, like Sam, they all do that. I am like the worst. I, did, I tried to Understand. do it, but yeah, <laughs> just didn't work for me. Understand? No, I mean I'm I'm kind of the same way, but you know, for my masses and for what I do, I, well, I you have, have to. to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But 
I'm right there with you. But no, definitely, we'll uh, we'll happen this. We'll stay in touch. I actually was connected to you through uh, Steve Pratt of BZA. Yeah. So that's how that's how I got through there. But definitely, please, we could definitely keep in touch. Yeah, and then, I'm just like it's just Juliet Motto Pictures. That's it. Finally, <laughs> yeah. it's me. Yeah, you know. But no, I no, I we'll definitely we'll definitely keep in touch, Julie. I really appreciate this. That's and then, great. other than that, though, enjoy the rest of the night. You too. Take care. Have a good night. You as well. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Art of the Science. You better start listening and stop playing. We drop every Friday evening on iTunes and SoundCloud. So subscribe. I don't care who he is, man. I don't care what he does, man. You can follow us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Art of Side Boxing. That's A-R-T-O-F-S-C-I Boxing. Also, J-A underscore the realist. Appreciate you tuning in. Appreciate the listen. Come back and join us or catch us on our social medias. I love y'all very much. Peace out. <laughs>